Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus gives us the powerful parable of the unmerciful servant. In the parable, we find a servant who was forgiven an unpayable, insurmountable debt, and yet would not forgive his fellow servant an insignificant debt. Do you have a lifestyle of forgiving others based on your understanding of how much you have been truly forgiven in Jesus Christ our Lord? Let's open our Bible now to Matthew chapter 18 and begin to unpack the parable of the unmerciful servant. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Friday afternoon here in Texas and uh, whew, it's just a good afternoon to be, to be fellowshipping in Jesus, to be talking about Jesus and to be and to be studying the Word of God. And uh, we are going to be in these next two teachings, the last two teachings in this, uh, in this topic, this series on, on what is true forgiveness. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. And it's a, uh, it's a deep and profound and, uh, uh, and uh, just a massively important parable on what is true forgiveness. Again, and that's what we've been talking about in this series. Um, it will end up being five teachings. Uh, the first three teachings, again, they're, they're, they were done so that they can stand on their own, but at the same time, so that, uh, you know, you know, they also work together. Um, and so if you do the whole series, certainly you'll get a, a bigger picture of what forgiveness looks like. And so we're gonna finish up and it's going to be a two-part series on the parable of the unmerciful servant, uh, the parable of the unmerciful servant, Matthew 18, 21 to 35. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, your grace on our lives. We thank you that we have our Bible, Father. We thank you for your word. But, Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that that our forgiveness is in Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you have pardoned our immense, overwhelming debt of sin in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for paying a sin debt that we could never pay by dying on the cross and paying a debt that you didn't owe. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died to pay a debt you didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. We just worship you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. Give us eyes that see, we ask, ears that hear, hearts to understand in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay. As I've said in the other teachings, this teaching on forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness, um, again, uh, with, with, with all of my heart, you know, um, we, we, we teach these things out of, out of love, out of sincere love, um, that we would understand the immensity, what the Bible teaches as the immensity of our sin and how much it cost for our sin to be atoned for, uh, to be satisfied. And, and, and it costs God himself, the son of God, God, the son, Jesus, needed to become a human man 
live a perfect life on our behalf that we could never live, die a torturous death that we should have died and to be raised from the dead. That was the cost for the payment of my sin and of your sin. And so this immense debt, this sin debt that we accumulated over our lifetimes, um, and when I say over our lifetimes, our past, present, and future sin, all of it is credited to Jesus at the cross when you receive the free gift of salvation, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior. And so this parable is going to show that we've been forgiven a massively unpayable debt and that we must have a lifestyle of forgiving comparatively small debts that that have been done to us, wrongs that have been done to us, sins that have been done to us. Now, again, some of us have been hurt extremely badly. Some of us have had horrible sins done to us. But as we go through the parable, we're going to see that, that the command of biblical Christianity is that we live a lifestyle of forgiveness, knowing that even the greatest wrongs that have been done to us can't begin to compare to the, the debt that's been wiped out that we owed to God the Father in Jesus Christ our Lord. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, Matthew 18, I'm gonna read 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I mean, this is, uh, uh, this is tremendous, okay? When you look at verse 33, it is the heart of the parable. And again, we're going to break down the parable, okay? This is a story that Jesus created to, to, to drive home an extremely powerful point on what is true forgiveness, okay? Look at verse 33 again. 
shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Okay, so we are all servants of Christ. In every sin we've ever committed in thought, word, and deed, and they're countless, our sin debt has grown and grown and grown and grown, and it's immense. And yet, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we trust in Jesus alone and rely on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, deliverance from the wrath of God the Father and eternal hell, and to bring us to heaven when we die, when, when we do that, when we put our full confidence in Jesus alone, all of our sin debt is wiped out. It's all credited to Jesus at the cross. He actually pays the debt that we owed on our behalf. The debt we owed of sin could only be paid by an eternity in hell separated from the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it could be paid. And because of that, our God, God the Son, Jesus, became a human man, opening another way for our sin debt to be paid, and that by trusting in him, relying on him to pay the debt for us by the work he did at the cross. Now, the expectation, the demand, knowing how immense and unpayable our debt is, and we're going to see that in the first few verses, how big the debt really was in Jesus's parable, the only reasonable response, verse 33, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? We are demanded, we are commanded and demanded to show true forgiveness and increasing forgiveness as we grow in Christ to all humanity. And again, the parable is going to show we're not downplaying that, that the wrongs done to us are real, right? And consequential. And obviously there are, there are worse wrongs than others. There are horrible, unspeakable wrongs, right? Um, but what, what, what Jesus is teaching us in this parable is that, that the wrong we have done, the sin we have done, is, is immensely a billion times greater than even the greatest wrongs ever done to humanity, okay? If you could think of like the greatest wrongs ever done to humanity, you know, people would think of folks like, you know, Hitler, right? And the, and the, and the annihilation, uh, you know, just the executing of six million Jewish people. It's, a, it's, an, it's an unthinkable, heinous, you know, just wickedness that goes beyond, beyond understanding, right? That wrong, okay? And this may be hard for many of us to understand, but our sin, our sin against a holy God is substantially worse than that. And for many, that would, that's like, wow, really? Yes, and, 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 and the reason for that is, as one human being to another, when we wrong each other, we're both fallen, sinful human beings, okay? Our nature, what we are as human beings, is so finite in compared to who God is. Remember, God is one being, three separate individual persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. 
he is above us so infinitely. There, there really is no comparison. He is, he is, he is far greater above us than say we, as human beings, are above an animal or a dog. Okay, the 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 immense greater capacity and intelligence and understanding that we have compared to an animal or a dog, his is even greater above us to give some context. So when we sit against each other, it's real, it's wrong, and the parable is going to show this. But when we sin against a holy, perfect, sinless God who is infinitely greater than us, then receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and yet refuse to forgive our fellow sinners in this earth, never, ever will we receive more discipline than when we're unwilling to forgive. And again, that's why we're doing this series is, is I don't want to. You know, certainly I've had wrongs done to me and, and, and I've done wrong. I need mercy, but I want to increasingly show mercy because it's the only reasonable response to the intense, overwhelming mercy shown to me. So, all right. This is interesting. Verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. So when I was studying this, uh, the scholars had uh, had made a point. I did not know this, that in, in, in the Jewish culture of Peter's time, you know, the Jews had a rule that you would forgive someone three times. They could wrong you. They could wrong you terribly. You'd forgive them not once. You'd forgive them not twice. You'd forgive them three times in a way to show God that you were willing to be tremendously forgiven. So Peter here goes to Jesus and he's going to he's going to go above and beyond that, right? He says, you know, he's basically saying, "Lord, you know, you you've heard that we should do this three times, but you know, I'm going to double that and I'm just going to add one to you. How about that?" Peter came to Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And so Peter thinks he's going to be in the, the grace of Jesus here. So if the rule is three, how great am I doing if I forgive him seven times? Now, the interesting thing is that is that Peter is still here, you know, going to put a limit on it. OK, I'm not just going to let some guy keep talking bad about me every day. Right. I'm not just going to let someone just, you know, keep you know, uh, you know, bad mouthing me every day. I mean, I'll forgive them. I'll go well past the three. I'll double that. I'll go to six. I'll even go to seven. But look what Jesus says to him. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And, and there's a footnote that says some of the manuscripts say 70 times seven. So Jesus either said here 77 times or 70 times seven. So either 77 times Jesus said or 490 times. This would have this would have boom set Peter back, right? Like because Jesus's point here is obvious. There is no limit to what we are commanded and required to forgive others in this life. Okay, um, and again, the parable is going to teach us why that is, and that is because we've been forgiven a debt of sin that that's billions of times greater, as we're going to see, than any sin against us. Now, I want to say again, it's not easy all the time to forgive sin, but as long as you're in the process, as long as you're trying to forgive, as long as you're praying and asking Jesus to help you to forgive, okay. But if you're just obstinate. And saying, I refuse to forgive, 
then this parable is, uh, is extremely scary for anyone in that position. Verse 23, Jesus said, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Okay? Settle accounts. His servants have an immense debt, and he wants them to pay back the debt. Verse 24, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. So again, this is a parable. Jesus created it. He could have said anything, but, but in this account, the man owes the king 10,000 talents. So a study of what a talent was in Jesus' day, one talent was 20 years of a worker's wages, of the average worker's wages. One talent, 20 years of an average worker's wages. So let's let's put that in a little perspective. So let's say the average worker, let's say we make $50,000 a year uh, as an average worker, okay? Just as a sum, maybe it's more, maybe it's a little less, but let's use $50,000 a year for an average worker in our culture. One talent would have been 20 years of that work. So 50,000 times 20 is $1 million would be one talent. Let me, let me read the verse again. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, was brought before the king. Now, obviously, the king here is God the Father, right? Was brought before the king. Okay, um, one talent, 20 years of a man's wages, and so a man or woman. And again, if we use $50,000 as a round number in 2023, one talent is $1 million. That would mean 10 talents is $10 million. That would mean 100 talents is a hundred million dollars and that would mean a thousand talents is one billion dollars one thousand talents is one billion dollars how many of us could pay back a debt of one billion dollars but it wasn't even a thousand talents as he began the settlement a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought before him that's $10 billion. Now, I know because this came into my mind. Some people are thinking, well, Elon Musk could pay that. Um, you know, uh, Warren Buffett could pay that. Uh, Bill Gates could pay that. Mark Zuckerberg could pay that. Um, you know, some of the some of the, you know, richest people in the world could pay that. The point is obvious. OK, it's it's a debt that's so massive. $10 billion dollars is what this man's debt to the king was all right so let that let that sink in in today's wages 10 billion dollars verse 25 since he was not able to pay again it's a debt no one could pay the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So, you know, in that time, um, if you couldn't pay a debt, there was what's called a, 
there would there would be a debtor's prison, or you could you could sell the the man, and with with the sale, you could also you could also sell his his wife and children, you know, and you, you know you might get you know say you know uh, you know you might get you know like you know you might get one one millionth of that, right? You might get you know maybe you'd get two thousand denarii. For, for the whole lot of them, you know, if you sold them, maybe you'd get five years wages or something. Um, and so, you know, the king would at least get back a little bit on his money. But, you know, it, it would be nothing. It, it, would, it would be a, a fraction of one percent. Right. You know, uh, you know, you know, one one thousandth, one ten thousandth of one percent is what he would get back. But at least he would get something. Right. But so again, this man owes the king this money. He's going to settle accounts. And he orders that he, his wife and his children all be sold. And even then the debt won't, you know, the debt is so big, it can't come close to being paid. Um, But at least he'd recuperate something. Look at verse 26. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged and I will pay back everything. So the servant falls to his knees and he and he asks for patience. And he makes a commitment that's that the king knows, everyone in the king's audience chamber, everyone knows is is ludicrous. That 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 if if one lifetime, you know, for a lifespan in this in this age would be about 20 years. So again, he would have to take thousands, if not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, or billions of lifetimes. Okay? Let's just say tens of thousands of lifetimes it would take to pay back what was owed. Okay? Thousands of lifetimes it would take him to pay back what was owed. But he asked for patience. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Look at, look at verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Okay, now we're going we're gonna to wrap this up and we'll get into part two next time. But the servant's master took pity on him canceled the debt and let him go. So who are the characters in the story so far? Okay. It's very clear. It cannot be misunderstood. Again, the king is God, the father, Jesus, God, the son, the one who invented the parable, the one who created the parable is God, the son, who is soon going to go to the cross to pay for the sin of the world, the debt that the sin of the world had accumulated against God the Father. And the servant is you and me. The servant is you and I. You and I, like this servant, have accumulated a sin debt that's incomprehensible. Jesus set it up in a way that would be translated to $10 billion. Okay, remember, it takes a thousand million to make one billion. In this case, 
Jesus set it up that the man owed him 10,000 talents, okay? That's how much debt we've accumulated to our heavenly father because of our sin. And I've said this in the previous teaching teachings, part of the reason that we're not quick to forgive is we don't really, really understand how bad, how evil, how wicked our sin really is. We, we somehow think of, of tremendously wicked people and we think we're not that bad. This again, this, this man is just a common everyday man, no better, no worse. This man is not some, some, you know, some Hitler. And yet his debt is so immense. It would take thousands upon thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of lifetimes to repay it. But it says the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt and let him go. And that's, that's what our heavenly father does to us when we genuinely receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He cancels an immense debt. He cancels it because he poured his wrath out on Jesus. The debt is canceled because it was paid for by Jesus. Again, you heard me say earlier, Jesus died to pay a debt he didn't owe. He was perfect, sinless because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And our debt is completely forgiven. All of our sin, past, present, and future when we receive Jesus. But as we go into it and finish the parable, you're going to see that this servant, as you heard me earlier, just, just as soon as his debt is canceled, goes out and has a fellow servant who owes him a hundred denarii, the debt's real. Okay. And the sin against us can be real, but it's a hundred days wages. And compared to thousands upon thousands of lifetimes, he won't even negotiate with them. He berates them. He starts choking them and he has them thrown into debtor's prison, which is something so that your wife and kids would go out and start killing themselves to work so they could get their father out of prison. And we're going to just see what the consequences of that are if one were unwilling to forgive. So, Wow. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Can you imagine the, the relief that that servant would have experienced? And again, if we really understood, if we could comprehend how horrible our sin really is, then we would have an immense relief that our Heavenly Father has canceled that debt in Jesus Christ, our Lord, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, deliverance from the wrath of God and eternal hell, right? That's what we need to be saved from. We need to be saved from hell, right? Look at verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. It almost seems incomprehensible, right? But Jesus has made 
this parable for this very reason. How could someone who had just moments ago been forgiven something? Remember, the king had told the man, the king had ordered that the man be sold, his wife be sold, his, his children be sold into slavery so that, you know, so that some of the, a minuscule portion, but some portion of the debt could be repaid. The man begged the king for patience and the king forgave it all. Right? And just as soon as the man goes out, right? Look what it says in verse 28. But when that servant went out, he just goes out from the king. You would think he'd be in the most forgiving disposition in the history of the world. And that's what we're called to. As genuine Christians, we're called to live in the most forgiving disposition that the world has ever seen. And, and, and there are times, again, um, when I confess that, you know, again, obviously over small things, over just, you know, uh, my wife can say something to me that's, that, that I don't like. She can say something that I perceive disrespectful or a, a brother in Christ can can say some slight, right? Or maybe I'm not appreciated the way I'd like, or people can act, act uh, in a selfish way toward me, or I can feel betrayed in a way. And, and again, I, I can act like a baby. I, I really can. I confess it. I'm, uh, I'm embarrassed to say it. But in that moment, I can act like a baby. Now, I'm immensely improved after 25 years walking with Jesus, right? Uh, fairly intensely. But still, Right now, always moments later, normally it's moments, you know, sometimes it may take 30 minutes or an hour. Normally it's not longer than that. I'll generally always act in a forgiving way and I'll even experience forgiveness in my heart. Right. And, and as we grow in Christ, again, this skill of growing in forgiveness, of growing to have a, a deeper and more complete forgiveness will, will will just become more and more who we are. But. But again, still, even in comparatively small things, I can, you know, I can be a baby, right? But again, I'm, I'm certainly quick to forgive. You know, I may get into it. I may respond, you know, out of frustration myself. You know, if I get insulted, I may sometimes, you know, insult back. Sometimes I don't, but yeah, sometimes I confess I fail. But again, I will certainly be quick to forgive and to reconcile after that. And again, that's how we want to live because we are going to see here that, that this man's fellow servant does all that he does. And, and again, the, the, the debt was real that this man was owed. He was owed 100 days wages, but he wouldn't even negotiate. He immediately has him thrown into prison. And again, that would put the guy in prisons, that would put their wife and children now would, you know, the whole, the whole motive of that debtor's prison would be so that your family would have to go out of their way to work so hard to get the money to get you out of debtor's prison. So it's, uh, it's real. So again, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives, Father. We thank you for the word of God, Father. We thank you for the incomprehensible debt we have been forgiven in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we ask you to help us, help us, Holy Spirit, to live a lifestyle of genuine and increasing forgiveness to all those who have wronged us, whether they be in little ways, in hard ways, 
or just in, in terrible ways. Help us to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, knowing, knowing how much we have been forgiven. And Father, help us to repent where we have failed, Father, where we have not been forgiven. Help us to go now and to repent of unforgiveness. And we do ask your help that we would live increasingly forgiving lives in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.